What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, officially 20 days away from the NBA season, and we got it on lock, guys. We're covering everything from NBA Media Day yesterday. It's this, we talk about it all the time, like what's our favorite type of sports season or what's uh, what time of year is the best for sports. This part of October is right up there. Football, baseball playoffs, NBA starting back up, NHL starting back up. It's it's amazing, guys. 20 days away. Where are the vibes at, fellas? October's the best sports month, and it's not even yeah. close. I think, we, I think we've talked about this all the time. You laid it out perfectly, Donnie. And I'd go as far to say for media day across all sports, nobody does it like the NBA. I mean, yeah, absolutely awesome. just, just incredible team players does not matter. There's just so many storylines that come out of it, so many speculations. No one does it quite like the NBA for media day. I'm excited because now that we see the players back, we're ready to go. We're, you said 20 days. We're less than three weeks away. It's, it, it's, it's going to be here before we know it. I mean, media day, it feels like it's, uh, I don't know, like the last couple of years, maybe even maybe even a little bit before like, like the pandemic and everything, but it just became like an event all of a sudden. Like there was one day where it just turned into like, oh shit, it's media day. And you just heard every crazy thing left and right and so that's this is one of my favorite shows we do every year because everybody's optimistic everybody's feeling good everybody's feeling themselves sometimes they get a little Mm loosey-goosey with the quotes and they start popping off a little bit and you're like oh okay we see what that is um yeah it's just a it just brings a lot of energy and like i feel like that every day like Every time you like you were talking about Dunny, you're we're getting ready for foot. We're in the middle of football season, getting ready for hockey, basketball, baseball playoffs just started yesterday. Like it's a really packed time. So like if you're just following every sport, like you might not be thinking of the NBA. And I feel like Media Day like really kicks off everything for like, okay, like the ramp up and people getting excited and starting to look at opening night. And boy, do we have uh do we have some excitement over the weekend to get the get us to opening media day too, that's for sure. Yeah, man, it's uh, yeah. I, I feel like we should start there, right? Let's start with um, the this was like a like a little bit of an aftershock from the from the Dame Lillard Woj bomb. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a little piece of explosive that hadn't gone off in the Woj bomb of the Dame Lillard trade, and then we had it explode on Sunday for Drew Holiday to the Celtics, seemingly out of nowhere. Of course, there was the rumored teams that everyone was talking about where Drew might end up. Me and Jake even speculated last episode after the Dame trade. We knew he wasn't staying in Portland. We knew he was 
probably going to go to a contender. I don't think anyone thought a deal would get done this quick. Brad Stevens had other ideas. Um, obviously, most of you, if you're listening to this show about basketball, you know by now. Drew Holiday traded to the Celtics for Brogdon, Robert Williams, uh, next year's first, and then a 2029 pick swap first. And Drew Holiday is now a part of my beloved Celtics. I was broken for a day and a half about Rob Williams while still being excited. And now I think I'm just fully excited for this trade. Drew Holiday, I, I got to see him in green today. He was in the building yesterday. He was officially practicing with the guys at camp today. And, man, I I am super excited, you know, at the very least just to have that defensive lockdown from point guard to small forward with Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. And if you hadn't have enough of those guys, you have Derek White and Porzingis. So, for me, biggest thing I'm excited about is just this new look and, and defense going forward. So, I don't know. What, what was your guys' first thoughts? I know, obviously, you guys heard from me immediately. Um, but what, what do you guys think of Drew Holiday? Am I, am I crazy to be this excited? No, I, I think it was a chess match with Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee hits Damian Lillard. Boston goes, hey, we'll get the point guard who's probably the best at stopping Damian Lillard with yeah. Drew Holiday. And obviously, Drew Holiday is known for his defense, but he's also a very solid player on the offensive end, too. And to have him as what, probably your fourth scoring option on offense? We just got to cross our fingers, Donny, this Celtics team stays healthy because I, at Stevie Boston might be all the way back because I don't know if there's any NBA team that has a starting five that could match up with this Celtics starting five. If, if you're going to run out and starting five of Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Depps, Porzingis, what's the hole? Where, where is the hole? They have the size. They have the athleticism. They have the shooting, and they have the defense. I mean, what's the hole? Are, are you just going to try to pick on Chris Depps, Porzingis down low? Is that what it's going to be? He's seven foot three. Like this guy, this guy, he he's he he can play defense down there. And I know, you know, Jason Tatum playing as the four, maybe a little undersized there, but it does not matter. This is a team that's going to be able to probably score 120 at will and hold opponents to under 100 consistently. And I think that's the scariest part is because the Celtics defense, I feel like, has gotten better even than, than it was a couple years ago when the Celtics defense was great. I think this might be their best defensive team going forward. And it's also – the probably got better offensively too. The biggest concern with the Celtics now is depth. They have a lot of new faces coming off the bench, a little bit, you know, of the young guys there too. And I'm curious to see what those guys roles will be. But the fact of the matter is if we're going starting fives across the NBA, the Celtics have the best starting five right now. And I don't really think you can argue that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally in agreement with that. <laughs> I, I don't think you can argue they got the best starting five for sure. The ceiling is the question now. Like the, that's right. the, the answer, the Boston's answer to Milwaukee extending their ceiling and creating like a potential historic duo was like, we're just going to clamp down on what our strength has always been and be the best. This is going to be one of the best defensive teams, like rated defensive rating wise and everything with the way they get the way those go out and everything they're going to be one of the highest rated defensive teams like in nba history at yeah. some point in this year for mm -hmm. a stretch and if, even if they don't end up in like that top 10 top 20 range i bet you we're like 45 games in and you start hearing that stat on podcast and seeing it float around on twitter that like this is one of the best defensive teams like statistically we've seen that's what this 
imagine what this starting lineup's going to do again. Like, I like to think about it. We always we always go to, like, where it will be in playoff matchups. And we should because the playoffs are obviously the ultimate goal. But I always also like to imagine when trades like this happen, what they're going to do against a normal NBA team. Yeah. What is a normal fucking NBA team yeah. going to do? Or on the Boston Celtics on a night-to-night basis. Yeah. Remember, how I was talking about that sixty-win thing. That shit might be. I might have to scoot that back up, like because there's who's like there's gonna be t- it's gonna be hard to score hundred points on the Celtics every night. That's just a fact. I said I said that to Steve when you were in the other room right before we hopped on. I was like, the the play is going to be a lot of Celtics unders this oh, year yeah. simply because it's going to be very difficult to crack a hundred on this team. Like they're. Yeah. Teams on the regular are going to be held to ninety points against this squad. This is yeah. this is a classic team too, where we're going to see halftime scores where they're playing some of the lower NBA teams of like sixty-five, like thirty. Like it's going to mm-hmm. be like they just can't find anything, and it's and that's really what it's going to turn into. I mean, this team because when the Celtics get going, the biggest thing I like about the Celtics is I feel like they have probably the best defensive team in the NBA, but I feel like they got better on offense. Right, yeah. I, I feel like they got better on offense, at least in the starting lineup. I think depth is going to be the biggest question mark for the Celtics, and that is a question mark that's going to have to be addressed, or we're going to have to see how it plays out as the year goes on. Because, like I said, a lot of new faces coming off the bench. Obviously, they got you know one of Jake's favorites and Lamar Stevens. Um, but this is a this, this is a lot of new faces on this bench. We'll see how it works. But man, if if that starting five stays healthy, I, I just don't really see a more complete starting five in the NBA. You know, Phoenix has the scoring, Milwaukee has the superstars, Denver has, you know, the chemistry and probably the best player in the NBA. But the Celtics one through five, I mean, there's really no holes on either side of the floor for these guys. Yeah. And I I mean, my excitement just over the last few days has been through the roof. I think why don't you guys touch on at the top, like training camp will do that to you. It does seem all warm and fuzzy at training camp. There's not usually too many negatives. It's usually as much positivity as possible. So I think what I'm feeling is a combination of that, but also realizing and agreeing with everything that you guys just said about this team. Like they are that good. I believe at least the starting five, right? If you want to question anything, question the depth, but I still, I still believe in you know at least our first three off the bench. I think Pritchard, Hauser, and Horford are super solid. Yeah. You know that's that's if Horford doesn't start, which he may some games. Um, but I think that's super solid. And just I don't know, this just feels different. Like even hearing Missoula talk because this time last year we didn't even know Missoula was going to be the head right. coach. That's, yeah. And just hearing him talk about like him actually having a legit off season under his belt and like having a staff that's his and being able to connect with his guys over the off season. Like Drew Holiday said today that two hours after he got traded to Boston, Missoula was already sending him videos of pick and roll defense like this. What is th- there? Yeah. One, he's a psycho and I love him for that. But two, <laughs> it's just awesome that like we actually have this connectivity before the season starts. We don't have to try to piece it all together as the season goes. So that's just one thing. Paul Pierce has been in the gym with these guys who seemingly is a guy, aside from his podcast with Kevin Gardner, has kind of stepped away from the game of basketball, obviously, especially since he left ESPN. Um, and then Tatum comes out the other day saying he's trained with Paul Pierce for over a month this summer. 
uh, Tatum gained 12 pounds of muscle and Pierce dropped like a bunch of weight and is in shape. So you have the legends coming back to the gym. Uh, everyone just see it, it just has very 2008 vibes. Like you bring in these superstars from other teams to join the superstar that you already have on your team. A um, lot of lot of movement, but it seems like it's it's for good reasons. Very much a defensive minded group here. I'm over the moon for this team right now. And I do think a lot of that is just training camp. And like, I'm just getting fed Poisingus in green, Drew Holiday in a different shade of green. Uh, and I'm just liking it way too much, but it's, it's incredible, man. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, end of October can't come soon enough. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll annoy the listeners and you guys down the road about this Celtics team, but <laughs> we we can stick a fork in it for now if if you guys are down for that. Unless any other words on the, on the seas? No, I think you said it perfectly, Donnie. It's an excitement. The, just the fact that they it was the the Celtics who made the big counter move to the Bucks was the most yeah. exciting part about it. I think because we just see the two Titans lining up at each other. Like, all right, let's see what happens. Because I'm still like. It's a clash now, too. Like, the Bucks are going to try to outscore everybody and win by scoring 150 points. The Celtics are going to try to win by keeping you under 100. Like, it's going to be a clash yeah. of styles, a clash of everything. I'm just very excited. I think it's Thanksgiving Eve is the first Celtics-Bucks oh. matchup. Oh. So, uh, that should be... Should That's be a, That'll be a very highly watched yeah. game around uh, America, as it should be. Very excited about that. Yeah. Last, last thing, um, it, it is just like the most Brad Stevens thing to just go out there and get it done. But he did say when they asked about, you know, what he gave up and everything, and he kind of touched on it saying it's a lot to give up if you, you be, just because he respects Brogdon and Rob and how good those guys are. But he also said that he's been trying to get Drew Holiday on the Celtics since he was coaching this team. So he said he used to go to Ainge's office and was like, is there any way we can get Drew Holiday? Um, and he basically said he didn't hesitate once he saw that there was, there was an opportunity to get it done. Um, of course, I'm sure it was a lot of a chess match and him being like, okay, we have to, you know, kind of checkmate Milwaukee here. They, you know, they, they think they yeah, are making 100%. this mastermind move in the Eastern Conference. And then the best, best quote I heard about the situation was probably – um, Missoula was on JJ Reddick's podcast, and JJ Reddick referred to the Milwaukee Bucks as a, a nightmare matchup. And he said, "Well, we're going to be a nightmare matchup too. So we'll see what happens with two two nightmares face off against each other." <laughs> and I guess we'll That's see spooky. that. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see that Thanksgiving Eve. But I, I'm super excited for the Celtics Bucks and just the Celtics in general. And um, the guys that we can credit for letting us know about this trade mm. is Woj and Shams. You guys know them as our, our resident NBA information people. And th there was a, quite the development in these two relationship, or at least maybe not a new development, just uh, new to the public. Jake sent me and Steve a, a little snippet from Twitter the other day where uh, their relationship was compared to the relationship between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. They don't even recognize each other publicly. They don't talk to their colleagues about one another. Um, they try, you know, sh 
Shams tries not to use ESPN uh, credit, like sources and vice versa. Woj tries not to use any sources from uh, Shams or any of his guys. I mean, we joked about the battles here, but this is this is hilarious. This is just outwardly hilarious, and it right. couldn't have come at a better time. Here's my conspiracy theory. I don't. I think they're buddies. I think that they're. I think they're working us. These are the people that dispense all the information in the sporting world, and now we find out that they've got beef all of a sudden. You know who Shams is showing up on? Who show he shows up on all the time? Pat McAfee. You know what network Pat McAfee yep. is on? ESPN. You know what Pat McAfee also is? A WWE wrestler. Like this feels very <laughs> like very calculated by Shams and Woj. It's only going to help Shams and Woj. People yeah. like we're sitting here talking about Shams versus Woj on this podcast. The memes that ha- come out of this now. Every scoop. Like we already had them, but now we're going to get like Woj as Darth Vader like striking down Shams and shit like that. Like this is crazy and if it's real it's also just as insane like these guys like how do you not like the depths that you go to they said that shams won't let uh people in the or gets upset when people in the athletic like slack channels send woge tweets because he doesn't want to see them like bro that's some crazy that's some crazy shit right there that's levels this is so this is intense. It's becoming one of the best rivalries in sports. And I also love too now, obviously it's like, you know, they're trying to beat each other to breaking the uh the the news or the story, whatever it is. But it's so funny now. You'll see the like we'll say Woj will break the uh the trade, and then all of a sudden Shams 20 seconds later, he'll 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 break the trade as well, but he will he will include what the full details are. He's like, Oh, but this is this is the full yeah. details, and then Woj will be like, Well, don't worry, there's a third team that came in and he'll quote his own tweet it's like they're just trying to want even if they don't break it initially they're like i got another piece of this deal that i'm gonna throw in and let everyone yeah. know yeah you know that could pick to be named later Woj. guess what that's a 2031 you didn't have the exact year <laughs> exactly i do and it's just i think it's hilarious because it's great for us right for nba fans because we're getting the news all the time and it's always gonna be with those two guys verified reputable like you're you're going to believe it so now when we see something break it's incredible because we know we're going to get the full details of the trade asap because the other one's not going to let the other one have it and i love it because you have you have notifications on for both of them you see one of them tweet you're like all right When's the next one coming in? 10 seconds later, there's more details to the trade. And 20 seconds later, there's the full details to the trade laid out. And, and, and I love it. We're going to get to the point, guys. We're going to have some of the worst like spell check errors for these trades where they're just trying to get it out as soon as possible just to beat the other one. And it's going to be like, you, well, yeah, you, you spelled his name wrong, but as long as you, you get it out before the other one, that's all that matters at this point. That's what it's starting into. At, at this point, they don't, they don't even, they just want to be the first one to break it. Oh yeah. It, it, it is truly just hilarious. I kind of hope it is real just for the sake. Yeah, me too. It's almost like when you first, like Jake, you mentioned the, you know, wrestling. Like it's almost like when you were a little kid and you first watched it, and then like when you first start to find out that it's it's staged, you're like, oh, I kind of wish this was real though. It's like this is the same thing. I I wish this. I hope this is real. I hope these guys actually hate each other. And honestly, it might make for the breaking news to be better. Like these guys at competition might make for us to to get better news and for it to come out in a more timely manner if they're just going to try to 
best each other every time yeah. a trade happens. Um, the NBA will always be petty, even down to the insiders. Yes. Like, that's what we need to know. Like, it just doesn't matter. Every level. Every single level. You're absolutely right, man. And the best – I still – I don't think we talked about this, Jake, or maybe we touched on it slightly when we went over the Damian Lilly trade. But Woj just being completely right about the Lillard situation <laughs> – <laughs> and Levitar trying to call him out months ago, say this is a done deal. Yo. Like Dame's go to Miami. <laughs> I, I will say, that... did you see the uh did you see the clip from the Levitar show where they put like it was like the I don't remember what they I don't remember what they call it when they get stuff wrong, but it was just a clip of all the last couple months of all of them on the show, like being like Dame is a done deal. Like, yeah. what what are we talking about here? Like Pat Riley has this done, like yeah yeah but keep going sorry no i just i think that might be my favorite part about uh <laughs> woge and honestly shams too like i as much as we love a woge bomb it also is awesome when you look back months and you see like when everyone is kind of swaying one way woge tries to get everyone to pump the brakes a little bit he's like well there also is this avenue where mm-hmm. and when you look back months later and you know you read a transcript or you watch a video of what Woj said and he was spot on you know like he wasn't giving any definitive answers but like I I think that's one of the most impressive thing that these guys do is like when everyone is going one way and they think they have this rumor nailed they're they're there to tell everyone to calm down and be like no this is this is probably how it's going to play out and let's wait and see usually ends up playing out that way I, yeah, I hope we get some more yeah. news like this where Woj, Woj and Shams may be reporting about themselves and, and how much they hate each other. That, that'd be nice. <laughs> and, you know, camp's just beginning. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more shit for them to break before we get to before we get to 20 days from now and the NBA starts. Let's jump right into media day, though. Start with probably the biggest story other than Drew Holiday being traded to the Celtics. James Harden. Two days ago, it was, you know, we don't know when James Harden's reporting to camp. Is he reporting to camp? Today, he was at 76ers practice. Two days ago, he was in a nightclub with uh, signs that said Daryl Morey's a liar on them that he was having the bottle girls bring out. I have a lot of thoughts about this situation and, you know, maybe, maybe I'm going to sound like Levitard right now and get this completely wrong. I think there's not a snowball's chance in hell that James Harden plays a game for the Philadelphia 76ers. I just can't see a world where that happens, where Maury allows for that to happen off the court. And then it's just like, okay, yeah, come come play for us or how he doesn't see down the road that this is going to be an issue. I don't know what you guys think, but I, I cannot see a world where Harden plays for the Sixers this year. He might need to boost up his trade value and they might need to boost up his trade value. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. They, they, that's they, they don't like point. the package. So like, Hey James, you ain't getting any, you can't trade you because nobody wants you. Right. So come score 30 points for the first two months and then someone's going to trade for you. But I don't, I, I can't, it would be, I'm still in agreement with you. I would be hard pressed to see him 
on opening night or whatever their opening game is in a Sixers uniform, that would still be mm-hmm. pretty crazy and pretty surreal. So I still think he gets moved. I think he's coming to play nice and go to camp to get to show up in the office tomorrow and be like, hey, all right, I'm here. Can we get this moved on? Like, what can we do? I, he's He still wants to get traded. Like, that's the end goal. I don't imagine that those things have changed. So it's 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 a ticking time bomb. Like, it really is. Like, it's only – it's inevitable. And if you're Philly, how do you go into the season with that situation? Like, I, I guess I could see Maury being, like, somehow getting to wanting to do that. But how do you feel if you're Joel Embiid and you're like, okay, I guess we're just going to wait to see if we trade James or don't trade James. Like, I don't know. They're in a mess already. That, that's how I feel. They, they got to trade James at this point, right? It just feels like this is the same story, just different city with James Harden, mm-hmm. where it's gotten to the end where he's like, all right, fine. Like, yeah, you haven't traded me yet. I'm going to, I'm going to make it clear that I want to be traded and that's how I'm going to act. And it's just, it's just classic James Harden at this point. And it's just, I'm, I'm, I've been over it. You know, I'm not an anti James Harden guy. I'm just kind of over it. I just, I don't like the type of player that's just, he just, uh, he just seems very, I, I don't want to call him a phony, but I think that's really what he is where James Harden, mm-hmm. like he acts like he's going to buy into a new team, a new city. And we could have the same conversation, even if when he gets traded somewhere else, yeah. that's just how I feel about James Harden. And yeah, you're a talented guy, but like his actions are, he might show up. I, I think that it would be smart for the Sixers not to play him at all. And we also forget, too, and I know this player isn't even close to the type of player James Harden is, but the Sixers got Kelly Oubre, and I think part of that was for this reason. If it was desperation, they got to make a move. They got to at least throw someone in there for a little bit. You're not going to throw 36-year-old Danny Green in for 35 minutes a night. So it's just I, I, I don't expect to see Harden on the, on the Sixers this year. I, I don't see why you would. Like it also too, like it, you know, the Sixers have been coming up short for so many years. Embiid wins the MVP. It's like you want to make, you want to get this team to the next step. You, the way to do it is to not have a guy playing who's just not fully checked into this team. And I think it's it'd be for the better if we don't see Harden play another minute for the Sixers. Now, what would they yeah. do for him? I don't. Yeah, and I, I saw I saw a report today that apparently at some point in the summer, um, Ime Doka and the Rockets were willing to give James Harden that the max extension that he wanted, but then he made some comment to Ime about how he wanted to win another scoring title, and they immediately rescinded that offer because of, what is. This yeah. guy's just talking about personal accolades while he's trying to get a contract here. The Rock, that'd be so stupid for the Rockets too. You have a young team. You have yeah. don't blow that up. To the try Rockets to get are a stupid Harden. team at this point. They, so. I know they are. <laughs> I know they are. But it's like you have you have the players. You have the young team. You just got to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't go get Harden. So like that, like he kind of already destroyed that for himself. He seemingly destroyed the Sixers thing for himself, even yeah. if the stuff he's saying about Daryl Morey is true. What you guys are saying is also true. You know what? It probably is true. You know what? GMs lie all the time. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. part of the job. Yeah. Like how many times do players have to go up to the podium and be like, it's the hardest part about it. But at the end of the day, this is a business. It's a business. like, yeah. yeah. And Athletes have been getting screwed in this league for years. GMs have been getting screwed over by athletes mm-hmm. in this league for years. Yeah. I'm sure there's a bunch of people who have been 
not truthful over the years to yeah. players. Um, James just has no sympathy. There's no no fan sympathy for James Harden. So he's trying to curry yes. it in any way he can. And the way he decided to do that is blame Daryl Morey and call him a liar. And everybody's like, okay, bro, like you're the you're the you're the boy who cried wolf at this point because you've yeah. done yes. this so like if you did this the first time and said Daryl Morey lied to you and all this other stuff, people would have been on your side. But now like it's exactly done. what I was gonna say. Like, he can't he can't get away with this right. knowing his track record. Get away with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those are, you know, Philadelphia 76ers fans everywhere. I'm sure just want him out at this point. Like no Sixer fan could feel good about him showing up to practice today. Right. They're like, okay, great. Yeah, he's in a, he's in a 76ers penny and he's playing pickup basketball. The hell does that matter? He's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not good. It's not good news. And you know the fact that he's acting this way and like upset about Maury when the guy next to him who just won MVP, who has been dealing with this franchise, trying to put a team around him for <sighs> nearly a decade, and if he's not as upset as Harden is, then that should be enough to tell you that something's wrong. I can't believe the patience Joel Embiid has at this point. Yeah, I actually can. The the stuff he's had to deal with with this organization since he got drafted from, you know, just terrible picks to Ben Simmons drama, James Harden drama. It's just good for you, Embiid. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> Honestly, hats off, man. It's, it's crazy. The one thing I will say that – and this is probably what he has to revert to just because apparently he doesn't have much say in his uh, organization anyway. But the comments about, you know, him saying that they're fine in the East as long as he's on the team when they asked about Milwaukee and Boston, that's crazy, man. The yeah, Sixers the Sixers couldn't get by Boston last year, and you guys you had gotta it go to the up. You got to go to the Eastern Conference Finals once if you're going to make that yeah. statement. He just once. Go. Yeah, he's on. So. I think that could have been Troll indeed, that yeah. and not Joel that we were dealing with there, which it probably was. And I, you know, I like it. I know we all know that's who Joel is, but it is still crazy. Well, that's like that's that. trolling like what Josh said last year, right? I'm yeah, fine in the I'm fine in the West, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. much. That's, I think that's probably what it would be reference to, but I would. Yeah, that so. that's a good point. That that's that's a one if that is what he was referencing. I like. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another team that's probably in the same tier as the Sixers, maybe a little better, the Miami Heat. Uh, emo Jimmy Butler showed up to the scene after missing out on Damian Lillard. Um, you know, lots of jokes, everyone laughing. Even, you know, Jimmy didn't shy away from bringing up Dame and um, him going to Milwaukee and all that stuff. Tyler Hero making some interesting comments about, you know, it's, it's, it was the best for him that, you know, his name was in trade talks and he's going to show the teams that missed out on him what they're missing. And he's going to prove to the organization that, you know, he is this good asset and great player that they should keep around. What do you guys make of the Miami Heat? I think, I think a lot of the media day stuff that I've seen from Miami seems like a lot of coping and, maybe even like just like fearful behavior because I, I don't know, but in, you know, shame on me because I'm going to doubt the Miami heat again. And I know <laughs> do it. six months from now, I'm going to yeah. feel like the biggest idiot. Yep. about it. 
but I'm I'm going back to it. I'm doubting this Heat team. I don't fuck, I don't see it. I don't see the vision. I see it even less than last year. Tell me why I'm wrong or if you guys agree, but something's weird about Miami. It's the Miami Heat. I'm done doubting them. I really am. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Donnie. We we can see all this. Oh, they missed out on Dame. They're, they're probably going to be fine. The Miami Heat, they started so last year, and uh, clearly they were fine. It, it's a good team. It's a team, like I said, that's not built for the regular season, built for the postseason. That's really important. The one thing I will say about this whole media day is the Jimmy Butler emo thing. Okay, it was funny, but Jimmy, you showed up last year with a crazy hairstyle and the long braids. Like, you know, it was funny the first year, second year. It just felt forced. It just felt forced to me. And I was just like, I was like, all right, like, I get it, Jimmy. It's funny you're trolling media today. That's what your picture is going to be. But at this point, dude, it's like, all right, you did that last year. Like, find something else or do something different. Um, But the Miami Heat overall as a team, it might be a little coping because – you know, it's one of those things, even if you don't believe it, if you hear something over and over and over and over again, you're going to start to believe it. And what was the only thing we heard this offseason? Dame's going to Miami. Dame's going to Miami. Dame's going to Miami. Dame's going to Miami. And then Dame doesn't go to Miami, but he goes to Milwaukee, who's in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in your conference, a team that you typically struggle against a very, very good basketball team that everyone, you know, I think agreed coming into the year, even before Dame trade was probably better than you. And now with Dame, everyone I think could agree is clearly better than Miami. So maybe there is a little bit of coping, but in terms of being down on the heat, Dunny, I've learned my lesson for like six straight years at this point. I'm just going to stop doubting them. And, and Miami heat is kind of what I feel like, uh, with the Tom Brady haters, right? You uh, you wanted to root on Brady's downfall. You wanted to say it's not going to work. They can't bring this roster back. Brady's getting older. Like, this team's getting older. It's not going to work. And then Super Bowl. And it's like, oh, Brady goes to Tampa. Like, oh, no, he's, it's not going to work. You know, he, he, he can't do anything without that. And Super Bowl. Miami Heat, it's like, yeah, they're getting older. Like, Jimmy Butler doesn't look that good in the regular season. Tyler Hero, bam, haven't really taken the next step. And then they make a deep playoff run. I just feel like that's what it's going to be with Miami. And until they prove me otherwise, I'm just – I'm going to be in the camp where, you know what, I'm not going to try to predict when Miami's downfall is going to be. When it happens is when it happens, and until then, I'm just going to believe the heat or the heat that we've known for the past how many years because the heat do everything that I think you want to do to stay consistent. You have a fan, phenomenal head coach. You have a team that has great chemistry and wants to play together, and you play very, very, very good defense. And when you have those three things going for you, it's really hard to kind of have that fall off the cliff moment without, you know, suffering, you know, catastrophic injuries. Is Pat Riley Tom Brady? Because I'm not giving that to Jimmy Butler. No, 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 no. I'm I'm saying just the I know. way I'm, I'm, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. saying. No, no. We Jimmy have to, we have to compare. If we if we have to do it, Pat Riley is the guy. He made the finals. Yeah, he made the finals as the coach in 06. Then everybody was like, "Oh, how are you guys going to get back to the finals?" LeBron dominates the East. He's like, "I'm gonna just get LeBron." Then yeah, we'll go back to the finals. Then LeBron leaves, and he's shocked, kind of like they are right now. And they're they like remember he remember he's flaming LeBron like. Yeah. At the at, after they lose the finals, remember that Pat Riley press conference where he's like, "Well, I hope that everybody would, you know, basically like nut up and stay together or whatever." <laughs> like basically, just like his last, mm-hmm. like he knew he was gone. He knew he was going wherever. And then what happens? They they go back to the finals again a couple times. Like yeah. haven't broken through, but he just he keeps extending this team's or just rebuilding and reinventing this team. And so yeah, like this might. 
be the last year of this core because they are just old, man. Like they are, but they clearly believe in Tyler Hero more than anybody else does in the world. And so I don't know if this is a Jimmy. Here's the thing. Now here, my my Tyler Hero theory is that Jimmy did not Jimmy and Bam did not allow them to put Hero on the board. And you can't. Oh yeah, I, it's, yeah. I think it's not a Riley thing, right? So they no. like. Okay. Oh, dude, if it was up to Pat Riley, he would have been gone for like. That's what I like. Yeah, it's a hundred percent Jimmy and Bam. They won't the let this happen. So okay, here you go. Like this kid has to score like twenty-seven this year. Like re- legitimately, he has to score like twenty-seven a game and not get hurt. That's his biggest thing. Is if he could stay healthy, like he always gets hurt at the worst times for them. Yeah, he does. Or or gets nicked up at the worst times, and he's not. And then the excuse is, oh well, Hero wasn't all the way healthy. Like that's the problem at this point. And that's why bringing this back to full circle when you talk about getting a Drew Holiday and trading guys like uh, guys who are often injured. That's why I'm okay with that trade for Boston because Brogdon and Robert Williams might not have been on the floor or available in important games. You know who's going to be? Drew Holiday. And that's Tyler Hero. We don't know if he's going to be on the floor. We know Jimmy and Bam will be on the floor. And so that's my worry is they still don't have that third guy. And they those two seem to think it's Tyler Hero. Nobody else seems to think it's Tyler Hero. So he needs to shut like. This is the year. This is his right. nut up or shut up year. Like they don't have a choice. And there's a clear break with Boston and Milwaukee and everybody else. And I don't know if Miami's that third team even. So that's it's on hero for me more than anything. And that's also on Jimmy and Bam because they're definitely the reason that he is still on this roster by through thick and thin. Like whatever. I'm still shocked. I'm shocked that they didn't move him, but here we are. Yeah. And I, I guess the reason that I want to not believe again is just I just straight up think their roster's worse this year. And this could be the heat finding those guys like Gabe. Vincent oh, you know, you know there's some guy that we have never heard of that's gonna be playing 35 minutes in a playoff game next year. No doubt. Well that that's what I was just gonna say to the listeners. I won't bore anyone by reading through their whole no, roster please do uh, we got let's pick out our guy who we think is <laughs> yeah gonna be, uh, let, let's find let's find let's, let's, find find. let's call this out right now well what i was gonna do is encourage people to read it because there's for a casual nba fan you probably know four guys on this team <laughs> you probably know four players on this team we know a few more and i'm exaggerating a little bit but like bam thomas bryant jimmy butler that's the jamal kane that's the one Justin Champagne, Chiek Diallo, RJ Hampton, Tyler Harrow, Haywood Highsmith, um, Jaquez Jr., the rookie, who he could be bought. Highsmith already came out of nowhere last year in the playoffs. Are you talking Jaime Hawkes? Jaime Hawkes is the Jaime Hawkes could light it up. RJ Hampton in Miami sounds like the perfect. Oh, this is where RJ Hampton is. Oh, there's the potential. There's the potential of RJ Hampton. He said this is. He said this is the right fit for him in an interview the other day. Yeah, he said Uh, he wants to show how much of a lockdown defender. They got. They got Josh Richardson too, right? Yeah, they brought and got him in there. You have Nikola uh, Jovich, who just finished high school. I learned. Um, Kevin Love, still old as ever. Kyle Lowry, a a young (laughs) thirty-seven. Caleb Martin, Drew Peterson, who doesn't even have a picture on here. I assume he's a. I assume he's a rookie (laughs) as well, an undrafted rookie. It looks like because it doesn't have a. Oh no, he went to USC. Uh, Josh Richardson, Duncan Robinson, Orlando Robinson, 
Mm. Drew Smith, Cole Switter, and Alondes Williams. Mm. I see, and this is even me reading it makes me feel dumber for for d- doubting this team because it, there's probably an all star in there. There's probably Haywood High name. Smith's probably gonna have a ridiculous jump yeah. this year because they were playing him last year, and it was one of those guys who was like, "Who is this guy? Why is he getting 15 minutes right now? Who's yeah, High Smith?" He was hitting craziest threes you'll ever see as Boston went down 3-0 to this team. <laughs> yeah, Tony hates that name. I should, I, I'm not going to say hi, Smith, anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I guess doubt the Miami Heat at your own risk. Emo Butler was, was fun and all for media day, but I, I think it could be ugly for the Heat, but who knows? Spolstra... Spolster is going to be laughing at the end, and uh, we'll we'll see them come playoff time because last year they were an eight seed and made the made the finals. So never doubt this team. I guess is the lesson. But if you want to live on the edge with me, come come join me and doubt the Miami Heat. <laughs> next next big thing for media day was DeAndre Ayton, uh, one of the newest Trailblazers, not the newest, but one of the newest. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. Referred to himself as dominating, and what do we what do we think? You guys, you guys think DeAndre Ayton's dominating yeah. in Portland or what? It's probably dominating and pickup games over the summer. That's that's <laughs> that's where the nickname came from. He probably went to his local court, and someone's like, "Man, this guy's really good, dominating me." And then Ayton's like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty cool. That's gonna stick." First off, first off, I. DeAndre Ayton, I think, has been one of the more disappointing players from, you know, what we expected him for the hype to just all this stuff, you know, just the team chemistry, the inconsistency, because there have been, you know, signs and flashes where it's like this guy can become like when he's hitting that turnaround jumper in the paint where he's actually going for rebounds using the physical body he has. He's great, but I don't know. And just inconsistent. It could be a guy too. Portland. We don't really know what to expect from Portland this year. I think they're going to be a fun team because of Shaden Sharp, because of Scoot. But um, Aiton could be that guy who just puts up a bunch of numbers and no one really cares about. And it could be a nice change of scenery for him. So I, this is this is like you know someone just giving themselves a nickname just to give themselves a nickname. Aiton hasn't earned that. Aiton hasn't mm-hmm. earned that. No one's calling him dominating. And also, too, for the record, dominating, you got dominated by Jeremy Harris from UB in the tournament. So don't give yourself a name dominating when you got <laughs> dominated from a Cinderella team who didn't even didn't even make the league. So don't even start with me there. I'm done with DeAndre Aiton. I'm so on. <laughs> I yeah, I think the the quote and the nickname is kind of lame. I do I do see better days for his game. Yeah. I, I'm pretty just intrigued. I, I'm not like ready to uh bang the table for DeAndre Ayton and you know say that he's gonna have this poised like all-star season or anything. I, I'm just excited to see how it plays out for him though, because something leads me to believe that it was more than just Monty Williams that didn't want him in Phoenix. I think there's some disconnect there, whether mm-hmm. it was other players. Monty Williams emphatically, and then some other people in management kind of, um, you know, just took that same line of thinking from Monty and just started not to like DeAndre. But I, I think the the youth on Portland and kind of the openness that they'll have to just go out there and play because they have a bunch of young, just talented guys on this team. 
So I'm excited for him just for like the new beginning. And I think a lot of the reason we consider him a bust, which not or not a bust, I should say, but a disappointment and that he, we think he underperforms. A lot of it, I think, has to do with him being the number one pick, which yeah, absolutely isn't entirely his fault, but it just looks so bad in a, a draft that had SGA, Luca, Trey, yeah. like Marvin Bagley's second is also hilarious, by the way. Oh, that one's worse. <laughs> that's a bust. You can label yeah, him that's, a bust. Yeah, and that's Bagley, way you know, worse. He showed a little bit on the pistons, but bust. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So I think Aiton, you know, that that one's out of his control that he went number one. I think that's – but that's always going to live with him. And I think it will, you know, hamper his legitness, I think, for a little bit. But I, I think, you know, there, there's possible for, for new beginnings – in uh, in Portland for him, and now he gets to play alongside Rob Williams. So the True. you know he won't be asked to do as much defensively, if at all, if they're out there at the same time. So um, I'll, I'm kind of just excited for the Blazers in general because mm-hmm. a few of my guys are on that squad. You know, Scoot's obviously going to be super exciting. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see if Aiden actually dominating over there. But, <laughs> TBD. You have anything on Aiden before we move on, Jake, or are you good? Hey, I just – I love the confidence. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Good I job, think he's yeah. been waiting to drop that. I feel like he's been waiting. You can't drop that when you're on the team with Devin Booker or Chris Paul. You know, that's yeah. – Kevin Durant. <laughs> or Durant, yeah. Like, you really can't drop that not nickname when you're on a team with those guys. So now he's feeling himself a little bit. He's, you know, he's a big dog now probably getting told, like – you're going to be a leader on this team, bro. Like that probably is some of that shit going on. So he's like, yeah, I'm dominating. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Katie would have told him to go get did, water for, for the team. If he said yeah. that, in Phoenix. did you guys see that after he got traded, it was like within an hour that he changed his uh, NBA 2k shirt to, to the trail. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. He, yeah, he must've, he must've been playing uh, like as he got uh, traded or something. Yeah. He must've been on 2k when he got traded because that was fast. It was like that. I kind of love it though. I love the the pettiness, and I love him just being like, "Oh, well, fuck you guys anyway." I'm gonna change it on here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let, we'll, we'll see. Um, TBD on DeAndre and Lakers Nuggets. This saga is actually leaking into today. I kind of thought the Lakers comments about how they're keeping the receipts from the Denver Nuggets and how Denver was talking a lot of shit last year. Um, I think this was kind of a little bit of nothing here. I think yeah. obviously Denver's going to talk shit. They won the championship. And if it, if you're talking prior to when they pretty much shellacked you guys, then yeah. What did, what did you want them to do? Did you want them to say good job as they beat you on their way to the championship? I don't, I mean, obviously, you know, LeBron and AD can say, seemingly whatever they want like they're legends in their own right but i i don't know i think the whole saga and then um michael malone kind of clapped back today and was like i think that's on them if we're on their minds that much if they're still thinking about last year that's on them i don't know it it kind of the the back and forth between uh nuggets or lakers players and mike malone it, it seems like a lot of nothing right now but what'd you guys think about this Kind of just a run of the mill for media day. 
people just don't like teams just don't like the lakers that's yeah. what it comes down yeah. to for me like it does like the lakers the fact that the lakers were in the conference finals put them head to head with the nuggets in this spot and they can put them where everybody's asking them questions about last year and everything else but i feel like that's what it is as much as anything like most organizations just especially in the west can't stand the lakers and so when you're the nuggets and you're the defending, you know, champions and all this stuff, and you're hearing Lakers hype, and the Lakers are obviously going to hype themselves up and try to discredit and think right. that, you know, and they are improved this year, so they're they're feeling themselves. Lakers fans are feeling themselves, but yeah, this feels like it's uh, it's just too. Are these? I mean, it. I could see like. I don't know. Like it just feels like there's a there is some there could be some tension just because of the fact that they played in all these close matchups over the last couple of years. But more than that, like that's just what you expect. Like that's what you want too. You know what I mean? Like you want these teams to be at, like at each other's throat a little bit too. But yeah, nothing. It really wasn't. Didn't seem like anything crazy. Nah, I'm I'm not playing too too into it to be honest. I mean, it's like obviously it's the team that beat you to go win an NBA championship. Like obviously there's going to be a little bit of pettiness or bad blood there, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, sure. But I don't think it's anything blown out of proportion. And I also I also do think you know kind of the way the media has been covering the Nuggets and more you know specifically Jokic might play into that a little bit of these teams getting pissed off of Jokic acting like he doesn't care about basketball. And he, and he wins an NBA championship. I think that could play into it, too, because you, you look at this Denver Nuggets team, right? You you win a championship. What's everyone say it takes to win a championship? Hard work, you know, dedication. You got to have the team chemistry. And if we're talking about the Nuggets, Dunny, I mean, it was like Jokic and Jamal Murray were just clowning that at, at mm. media day. They really were. <laughs> and, you know, how much of it is, you know, I guess exaggerated by the media, how much of it is actually accurate, I, we would never know. But the fact of the matter is we saw Jokic's body language. We saw the comments he were making. We saw Jamal Murray say, oh, why'd you, you know, withdraw from T Canada? And they started joking about the two-a-days. We saw Jokic say he hadn't touched the basketball only a couple times over the offseason. Then Jamal mm. Murray goes, you didn't touch a basketball. And they start laughing. Laughing. And if you're looking at that from an outsider's perspective of these other teams, that's got to piss them off. So, yeah, they're probably going to, you know, try to start a rivalry, try to say a few things, because I think right now we can say Jokic is number one or number two best basketball player in the world. And I know there's a running joke now with the media of that. Jokic is this is his nine to five he doesn't care you know and how much of it do we going to take really seriously who knows but Jokic saying was this the best summer of your life he goes no like I had to play basketball for two and a half extra months like yeah. stuff like like comments like that like those are funny for us I think it's hilarious because I'm like this guy's dominating putting up 35 15 and 10 it feels like every night and this man basketball to him is his office desk job but for other teams in that league that are competing that's gonna get them upset that's yeah. it's just gonna get them upset because they're like we're putting hours we're putting in the work and all we're seeing right now is the defending champs the mvp could have won it three straight years but two mvps the last three years defending champs had one of the best postseasons ever and they're just clowning basketball and the hard work that goes in that's where i can see these teams getting upset and saying you know there's gonna be a little rivalry keeping the receipts but from an outsider's perspective i'll be honest with you guys i think it's absolutely hilarious i really do and i hope it's true i hope Jokic actually does not care about like does not touch a basketball does not care because then it makes it even more impressive it really does but yeah. 
I think th I think that's playing into it too. Jokic and Jamal Murray, they're still they're still enjoying their championship, being on top of the mountain. And whether or not you take all this seriously, it just feels like they're clowning other teams or other players in the NBA. Just maybe not directly, but that's how the other teams are taking it. Yeah, it, it's awesome, man. I I love the comments too. I think I think Jokic for the most part knows what he's doing and, and is yes. everything he's saying is for the most part calculated. Mm -hmm. I thought it was hilarious too about, you know, obviously they play in Denver. They were asking Jamal Murray about the buzz with Deion Sanders being in town <laughs> yeah. and what he's doing with that football program. And Jokic just flat out said he has no idea who Deion Sanders is. <laughs> not not only does he not know that he's the head coach of, you know, the the football team, uh, the college football team in Boulder, but he also doesn't know Deion Sanders, the player, the NFL legend, um, you know, the best that I might believe. Of all team. Yeah, I, uh, that I, I might believe. I don't because think, I think if it's calculated. if it's not basketball, Jokic doesn't give a shit about yeah. it. And, and yeah. as soon as basketball's over, he does not care about this country. He he'll care about it when he has to, like I said, show up for media. That I actually do believe. College yeah. football. You think Jokic cares about college football? No, <laughs> no. Yeah. So it is awesome. You got a little bit of everything. Like maybe he was trolling about how much he practiced, but then you just get like the genuine Jokic, and it's it's just as good content. Um, just listening to this guy talking, him and Murray go back and forth. And it is funny because you're right. I'm sure that comment about him not picking up a basketball probably pissed off so many so people around the league. <laughs> like imagine Stan Van Gundy watching that oh. clip, bro. Dude, he probably probably like took three years off his life. He's probably yeah. and then, so and, butthurt. And him and Murray just just laughing. Murray yeah. saying, Why, why'd you withdraw did you get two a days? Like that's when Jokic goes, Oh, two a days, brother. And they just start laughing. And it's yeah. like, dude, it's like these guys are the defending champs. Had two, I think, in my opinion, two of the most impressive individual postseason performances mm -hmm. in a long time. They're on the team. Obviously, they have the chemistry, and you know they're the top dog right now. They're the one everyone wants to try to beat. Everyone wants to try to knock down, and they're just clowning the rest of the league. Maybe not directly, but the way they're answering this, it feels like it. They're like, oh, we don't have to care. We know how good we are. Like, yeah. that's that's the attitude they're showing. And, you know, I, I think it's hilarious from us, but I'll tell you what, Dunny, if you were in the league, if you were in the league competing against them and that's what you saw, you'd be pissed off too. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome for a couple different reasons, man. I think uh I think it's partial trolling and then partial like they know that they can get away with yeah, feeling this way and saying these things and they're the champs until you know, until twenty days from now right. and then in a new season starts. So I think they realize they can kind of do whatever they want and i think they're they're taking a little bit of advantage of that it's this this basically was like their emo haircut that jimmy butler walked in with it's media day mm -hmm. they're gonna have fun with it they're allowed to have the most fun because they're the ones they're the ones for the championship and for the record too like you don't have the type of like on-court awareness or being able to make the playmaking ability that you does without practicing uh, yeah. like there, you his basketball smarts alone it's like all right Jokic, that's bullshit whether or not you picked up a basketball we we clearly know you're invested in the game like that's just that's the, the skills are one thing but the way he just reads the court dissects the defense the way he knows where guys are you, you gotta practice for that i'm sorry yeah and like like he said like 
he played he played in the summer like he was yeah. he's playing for his country so obviously you know that's practice within itself right he's playing games throughout the summer that's uh you know if people are actually worried about his work i, <laughs> I wouldn't be <laughs> we need to get Jokic and dion together what are they doing yeah <laughs> what are i know doing? i feel like they would hit it off like i feel like they would actually love each other you think Jokic? oh my god i nice dion you think you'd no. recognize him? No, no shot, shot, right? No shot. No like, way. DM, if DM walked up him, hey, I'm Coach Prime, Jokic wouldn't know what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably like, think he was like a new strength no, and conditioning coach for the, for the basketball team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd probably be like, like, oh, nice to meet you, and then just walk away. <laughs> you come rebound for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, why are you wearing that cowboy hat in the gym? <laughs> we need it. That's the, like, they need a podcast, yeah, yeah. honestly. That could be the most dynamic duo in the country. Oh, yes. Yeah. We need it's, it. Uh, we, do, we do need that. We're, we're, we're over here, you know, sound the alarm. Get get Dion and, and Jokic to meet face-to-face. We need that clip. Yeah. Um, speaking of playing basketball in the summer, we mentioned Murray, you know, and Jokic playing for their their home countries. Braun and KD at Media Day were both asked if they plan to play Team USA basketball, um, and they both verbally committed to the to the press and the media. Um, and Steph Curry was asked. He said he's Jaylen had Brown. conversations about it. Jalen Brown, they I don't think either of those, or maybe JB committed. Steph was kind of beating around the bush a little mm-hmm. bit, but I mean. To, to at least have guys like KD and Braun commit, I think it's safe to say next time we see USA basketball, it's going to look a lot different than it did this summer. They'll win the gold. That, yeah. that, that's LeBron and KD committing basically like we're not letting that happen again. We're not yeah. letting anyone else go over there and represent our country. If 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 we're gonna we're gonna win the gold, we're we're not allowing that. Mm-hmm. And and I like that too, Donnie, because I think we talked about this a few weeks ago where we were like. It's only going to take one of those big names, right? And then everyone's going to follow suit. And sure enough, media day comes around and you have probably the two biggest names in basketball of the past 10, 15 years, LeBron and KD both committing. Everyone, Who's going to say no? What superstar that would be able to make the team is going to be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to. If LeBron and KD are committing, it's going to be the domino effect. Everyone else is going to follow suit. And the USA is going to put their best uh, team, best product out there, which I'm excited to see. So this is – Nothing but good news. And it was also, I think, expected too, right? After the way U.S. performed this summer, I think this was expected. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, though. Let's see these guys back out there. Let's see another dream team one more time. And I need to see LeBron back in Team USA uniform one more time, too, so to hear him say, I don't believe him, first of all. I don't trust him. But I'm still excited about it. <laughs> I love that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah, honestly, we have we have so many videos of LeBron just outwardly lying on camera. <laughs> this would this would probably be a pretty detrimental lie. LeBron, I don't LeBron think LeBron on Instagram Live picked the Browns uh, to win outright on Sunday. This is the man we're dealing with. He can't be trusted in front of a, a camera pr- of his own. He- he probably else. read one page of a book over the summer. He's like, you know what? I got to play. I got to play basketball <laughs> for my country. Yeah. 
Um, Do you think yeah. he knew he was on the like that every time he was holding the book, he was opening it to the? Was he trolling or was he like just not really thinking? Like, I want to. I want to say he was trolling, or maybe I'm, in earnest. He's like, I'm really gonna start this book right now in front of everybody, and then just never. Yeah. Well, the best is the one where it's upside down. Yeah, that one's good. That, that has to be a troll. That one has to be a troll. He's he's he is he's something else. It's so bad, man. You see, this uh, is why yeah. I love the NBA because no other league, the players can just constantly keep doing stuff like this. It's incredible. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really talked about like actual basketball play this whole episode, and it's it's been awesome. Like this is yeah. all stuff yeah. that happened at media day, and it's stuff that I. It's content that I will ingest every year, yeah. and I will love it even more as as the years go on. So, media day is the best. Um, really, the only other than like the trash talk from the Lakers and Nuggets, and then I guess the James Harden is kind of a sticky situation. If you thought the Utah Jazz are boring, and maybe they are boring. Um, and maybe the Atlanta Hawks are boring too. This this is a narrative that might spice things up a little bit. John Collins says he noticed the first thing he noticed about being in Utah was that the players are very unselfish um, and kind of hinting at that how that's not how it was in Atlanta. And you know we've kind of saw the writing on the wall. Something seemed off last year with Trey Young in Atlanta and. John Collins was always a guy who was on the trade block. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you need an avenue to stay excited about Utah and Atlanta basketball, here it is. John Collins. I actually kind of like the Utah team also, but here's a little, a, a little drama on the side. If, if you're not feeling all that great about the Utah jazz, maybe a highly motivated new, new power forward for y'all. What do you guys think about this jazz team? Any expectations? Uh, for the Jazz team, I mean, they've kind of – it feels like they've gotten the best out of the players, right, when they have them there, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And I guess that does lead to unselfish basketball because we saw Lori make the jump. I'll be honest, like, you know, as much as I love college basketball, I did not see Walker Kessler having the impact he did uh, yep. this, this, this rookie season. Um, so it could be another situation where John Collins kind of makes that leap. But to be honest, on, on the whole quote, I just think it's a shot at Trey Young. I really do. I just think it was just a, a shot at Trey Young. I don't think there was anything else about it. I don't really think it was too much buying into Utah because, I mean, it's it's day one, John Collins. What, what really have you seen? This comes out maybe a few weeks into the season. I'll, I'll buy more into it. There was more on the Jazz than the Hawks side of things. I think it's just a shot at Trey Young and being like, I've been, you know, I've been on the chopping block or the trading block for long. I'm finally out there. I'll speak my mind. That's all I think it was. Yeah, and, hey. and we were – go ahead, Jake. No, nah, I'm just saying, like, we're talking about Trey Young. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. That's yeah, what I, I was just going to say. Like, <laughs> let's not let's not forget Nate McMillan. Like, maybe it, maybe it was all just Trey Young and this whole time. Yeah. Maybe you should have kept Luca. Mm. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, that was a deal that worked out for both teams. Shut your mouth. No, yeah, wait, shut your not. mouth. Can shut say... your mouth. There's no Atlanta Hawks fan in the world right now that if Definitely I told Luca for Trey Young straight up right now, would you take it? They go, no. 
I'll keep Trey Young. Don't even start with me. And the people want to be like, well, Trey Young, the playoff success, the, the Hawks have made a run. Luca did that too on a much worse team. I don't want to yeah. hear I, I don't want to hear this. There's no – in order for a deal to work out perfectly for both sides, it'd be a situation where both sides are like, yeah, you know what? Maybe the other side's a little better. We'll keep with what we have. There's no Hawks fan on this planet right now that would turn down a Luca for Trey one for one. No chance. Yeah, I also think – I think like two things can be true, right? Like I think Drew – or not Drew, sorry. I have the Celtics on the brand. Um uh, <laughs> I think Trey Young, I think Trey Young is slightly mm-hmm. underrated still as a yeah. player because I do think he's one of the better playmakers in the league, and then like yeah. his scoring speaks for itself. But it is crazy how long we let that go on, where people were like, "Well, it's a pretty even trade if you look at it." No, no, it hasn't no. been since like, and that's not saying he, Trey's a bad player. Trey's a yeah. great player. Luca, come on, right? I didn't realize how much we're going to talk about the 2018 draft uh, on this pod, but I kind of like it. Um, last bit from Media Day I just, me and Jake, I think like maybe three or four episodes had a conversation about Lonzo when we realized how young he was, and he kind of brought that up uh, at Media Day. Someone asked if he intends to play basketball again, which is a pretty Crazy question to ask a guy at media day as he's in a Chicago Bulls jersey. I think obviously that's his <laughs> that's intention. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems, <laughs> seems like what he's trying to work towards. But uh, he was like, yeah, man, I'm only 25 years old. Like rehab's going good. No setbacks so far. So, um, yeah, just kind of giving people a little update. Alonzo Ball there. Chicago, I'm sure, is dying for him to get back in. I think basketball fans in general, people people yeah. forget Lonz, Lonzo's nice with it, um, and he's he's great when he's playing in the NBA. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he's getting out of that chair pretty good. And, and Stephen A. <laughs> I was going to say, I saw him get up out of the chair and go at media day to walk around. So he's yeah he's thriving, bro. He's good, Stephen A. If, if you're wondering, <laughs> he's there. Um, any wrap up stuff from. I was not expecting to see Lonzo at Media Day, to be honest. So that was yeah. awesome. That was, was I was super excited to see him there. Yeah, like legit. Like did not think he would be there. Did not think we'd hear from him anything. So to see him, that would be a huge jolt to the Bulls. Like yeah. they spent they spent a lot of money to bring Lonzo Ball in and be yeah. like the connector for everything for them. If he comes back and is healthy, they're a different team. Like just they no matter what, they're a different, a better team. And so, and we just want to see Lonzo on the court, man. Like, I just love watching Lonzo ball play, except when he knocked my Kent State gold flashes out of the uh, NCAA tournament. It's the only time I did not enjoy his basketball. Other than that, love the guy and would just love to see him cook again. That's not two times we've mentioned a Mac uh, college basketball team today. So, yeah, I just want to see Lonzo play. That's my quota. We need to hit some Mac. We got to hit these Mac references in here more often, honestly. Don't get me started now. <laughs> Antonio Gates. Why we I'll go on to a dissertation. Ooh. Antonio Gates, legend. Basketball legend, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so turn, any- we'll just we'll just do a Mac basketball and Matt basketball segment. <laughs> 
I love it here. Yeah, the mock the and the mac. That's really yeah. to bring the people in. Oh yeah, yeah. the mock. I've never the heard mock. that. The mock. The mock like and that. the mac. Hell yeah! I always it's go. It's the only way I know how to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any, anything else on media day or or NBA related here? Uh, not NBA related, but if you put a W in front of it, we got the WNBA finals matchup. Yes, we want New York do. Liberty. Against the Las Vegas Aces. You yeah, already know who my pick's going to be. Repeat time. Aces Liberty starts Sunday, though. If you yeah, want to watch the top, top of women's basketball, Liberty Aces is what you're going to get. It's basically two all-star teams going at it yeah. for uh, yeah. for a series. Can't wait. Should be a great product. Uh, hopefully grow, grow the game a little bit on that side as well. So good call yeah, you know, there. Sunday, Steve. 3 p.m. though, is game one. Come on, we got to do Yeah, why better. are they doing this again? They witching did this last hour. We were like, what the Witching fuck? hour for game one? Yeah. You're giving me I the red zone. Witching hour year. for game one. It's like I the know. MLB in their timing. It's, it's so bad, man. You got to. Yeah, why, let's start the MLB playoffs in the middle of a work day. Or why not like, why not like 11 a.m.? Yeah, why not? Before football, yeah. like, give people a little primer, dude. You can I, wake up if, if you're already sitting on the couch, well, throw on some d- get, competitive hoops. The problem with that is that there's football starting at 9 Oh, yeah. Do it at like a 6 p.m., right? The end yeah. of the four o'clock games, there's only a few games on. You can no. watch it, leads right into Sunday night football. Why three? What that is the, is the worst, worst. time the, the worst time the no sense, no sense whatsoever. No sense. I'll be watching. I don't know how many other people will be watching, but like you want to grow the game, you gotta get people to watch to begin with. Don't put yeah. it on the witching hour on a Sunday on yeah, a Sunday. And the four and o'clock games have series. sucked this year and sucked. Anyway, so it, it's gonna be such a great series, too. And this is the perfect way to grow the game right before right the NBA season starts. Lead way into it. You have two juggernauts going at it. First game Sunday at a 3 p.m. Yeah. What's the next game? Gonna be Tuesday at midnight? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, you want people to watch the games, put it out of reasonable times, man. But I, I am excited. With the rant of wow. the time aside, I'm so excited to watch. The time These has nothing to do with the, in the league. Yeah, the time has nothing to do with the incredibly talented women that are going to be on the floor. It has to do with the stupid TV networks. That's what we're complaining about. They, they should yes. be on a they should yes. be on a prominent time. It's that fucking finals. It is crazy. It's but yeah. Steve, you're right. We, we were talking about this. I think this was – we talked about it. We talked about the season before the start yeah. of the year. Like, it's going to be Liberty Aces. It's going to be. I talented. mean, it was the most, it's the most obvious, it's, like, it's, you know, yeah. prediction going in. They were two All-Star teams. If you look – if you, for all the betting fans out there, the betting odds were hilarious. Before the uh, season indeed. started to win the NBA – or WNBA Finals, the Aces were plus 120. The Liberty were plus 150. The next best team was like plus 1,000. It was, it, there was also a special Liberty or Aces to win the WNBA finals. Minus 330, the field was like plus 600. It, I mean, it was great. Like, we knew this was coming, but it's the best product that we're going to see all year for the WNBA. I mean, you got, you know, two MVP candidates going up Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart, and then you have all the other big names around Jack Paul Jones, Sabrina Ionescu, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young. I mean, it's just loaded with stars. I can't wait. Just, you know, be better on the time. That's all. Just be a little better. Yeah. 
We'll see you guys. It, it should be fun. We got football. We got WNBA finals. We got NBA in 20 days. It's right here, guys. Home stretch. Thank you for tuning in today. For Steve, Jake, myself, don't forget to follow Trainwreck Sports. Follow at Happy Hour Hoops One on all socials. And we'll see you guys next week. Later, guys. Mm-hmm.